Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, a brave new podcast with super chats back in, but not as many super chats as there were before. We're going to keep it to an hour overall of main show and super chats, and then of course, 10 minutes either side of the podcast intro and outro. So it's not a prohibitively long, lengthy discussion for you fine folk, considering this can be between five and six times a week. And I'm I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined, hopefully, by a a voice that can get through a, a, a longer show again. This next hour and a half or so. Luke Owen! <laughs> hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing fine. And going by your sort of... The, the tone, the the nasal qualities of your voice. Yes, you also sound fine. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I am not massively well currently. Uh, you sent me home <coughs> oh, yesterday. Geez. He's playing that up. <coughs> it's the first time he's coughed since I've seen him. Uh, you sent me home yesterday. Mm. Yeah, well, I was sick of the side of you. Yeah, it wasn't to do with me being a nice person. Yeah, but I, yeah, you're, you're you're welling up. Yeah, it's because the the cough gets me sometimes. It's like it's a really chesty cough. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, like so, you sent me home yesterday. I was on the tube and I was shivering and sweating. I could, I was too hot and too cold all at the same time. Mm. I stumbled home. I got in, and my wife was lucky enough there was there because she's also not very well at the moment. And she saw the state of me and was like, "Oh my god, what's happened?" Yeah, and so she helped me get into bed, and she. Made me a lem sip, and she kind of sort of like tucked me in, put a little podcast on, and I, f- I fell asleep. Yeah, just passed out. You see, I, 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 I take pass out has a different word. Is is means something different to me. Okay, I think you can. I think you fell asleep because you were tired and ill. Yes, passing out to me is like I passed out. You passed out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I was like at one point. I, there was no in between phase. Like there was one point when I was awake, and then I was flat out. Mm. It was, yeah, it, it was something to behold. Wow. Yeah, but I'm feeling better now. Still, but <laughs> I'm feeling better than I was yesterday. <laughs> I didn't sleep particularly great it's last all night. Relative. Yeah, because I was waking up every like half an hour or so with more chesty coughs and splutterings. Um, and I, because I don't want to disturb 
my wife sleeping next to me. And so I'm trying to cough quietly, mm. which I think is just making it worse. Yeah. And then it just gets louder and louder and louder. And then at one point I was like, I think I might have to just go sleep in the other room because I am just disturbing your sleep. But she told me not to. Mm. If anything, she should sleep in the other room because you are, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. We have a thing in my household where, you know, because it's not always plain sailing. Sometimes one of us is stressed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes one of us is ill. At the moment, my lady partner is also ill. Seems like she's got the same bug as you have. Indeed. So when that happens, one of us gets to be the house baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the other person just has to do everything for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, I mean, I didn't go and sleep in the lounge last night, but... I've you know I've been getting cups of tea, running baths. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And my wife has been doing that for me as well. She made dinner last night mm. um, while I sort of sat on the sofa, just trying to recover, um, watching the Ghostbusters trailer over and over again. Do you want to talk about that? Oh yeah, I mean it's a great trailer. Ah, uh, so two trailers came out in the last two days. There Indeed. was the Wonder Woman 1984, mm-hmm. which I think. That's the death knell for 80s nostalgia for me now. <laughs> yeah. I think, all right, I'm over it now. Yeah. I really like, I really like the trailer. I really like the, uh, the what's the song they use? It's New Order. That's it. it, it and it's the New Order track that I think really makes it. The how Definitely. does it feel? But uh, yeah, slightly ve- like varied version. And, yeah. and also just like the look of the film, the, the, the production design, everything. But I was like, hmm, I'm enjoying this. But when DC and Warner Brothers capitalise on 80s nostalgia, that means 80s nostalgia is no longer cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of years behind the curve are Warner Brothers. So we're definitely entering the 90s revamp, I think. But we're going to have a few greenlit movies from about three years ago slowly making their way into cinemas next year. Wonder Woman's obviously one of them. But yeah, Ghostbusters 3... Afterlife mm-hmm. is the other one. So you had Ghostbusters 1 and 2 in the 80s. Yeah. And then, you know... The 2016 one. The other one. The remake. The other one. Yeah. And now we've or got... Reboots. Now we're back to the original continuity. Yes. Or is Ghostbusters Lady style... Is that in continuity, but in another dimension? Uh, well, I mean, you can certainly say it's in another dimension, but it's certainly not within continuity because the original Ghostbusters appear in the 2016 version as different characters, and there's never any reference to the fact that there were originally Ghostbusters in the 1980s in New York, which is where the film is set, um, despite the fact that the trailer, the first trailer released, did make it sound like it was a sequel. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's almost like it didn't know what it was. That's exactly it. It was a very mixed... like Because Sony wanted a sequel paul feig wanted to do a reboot and never the two really combined together so what we got was a bit of a mess a seagull yeah it was it was a mess that i don't think anyone was particularly pleased with by the end a recall a recall and it reeked to something you can say that much because it wasn't very funny no. um i think it was just a, it was a mess of Sony wanted to do one thing, Feig wanted to do another thing the cast not being happy on set and it was just yeah, pretty bad it had i think that movie also had a lot of people going chris hemsworth you're so funny oh yeah yeah and actually he is funny but not that not amazingly funny enough to build that kind of role around him absolutely not but he's very attractive he's very very attractive i think that i mean i i would if i was a director i would say all right i cannot be in the same room as hemsworth i'm going to direct through an earpiece because i reckon as soon as he's there and he's smiling at you 
You're like, just do what you want, man. <laughs> yeah. Can I touch your arms? <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Ghostbusters 3, I said to my lady partner, come on, let's watch the trailer because I, I want to see what this is all about. And she was like, oh, God, do we have to? I'm a house baby. Why are you making me do this? And I was like, and I didn't know Paul Rudd was in it. Oh, really? So the trailer loaded up. Paul Rudd's there on the thumbnail. She's like, oh, already now now she's interested. We watched it. And it was just, I, I, I had no idea what the plot would be. And it, but by the end of it, I was just left thinking, apart from slapping a Ghostbusters name and some toys on it, Mm-hmm. It feels rather pointless, hmm, but you you are deep in the Ghostbusters lore. I'm I'm ready to be corrected. Well, okay. So uh, Ash, a friend of mine, uh, and I have a theory about the film. So we think that the plot of the movie is going to be that Egon moved out to this sort of rural area to build a giant containment unit. That's like that mine area where sort of the the activity is coming out of. Mm. It's even called Shandor, which was the the name of the well, the Evo Shandor was the guy who created the original Spook Central building in the in the first movie, and I think that he's named it after Shandor because he's used the same sort of conductive materials to keep all of the ghosts trapped down there, and then these ghosts escape. I um, you know, if you were to say, is there any point to the movie? Probably not, because it's been what thirty years since Ghostbusters two. And, but only three, four years since Ghostbusters Lady. True, yes, but this is this is a sequel as opposed to a reboot. And I, and I, you know, as I said, I think the biggest mistake that movie made was being a reboot. If it had been a sequel set within that universe, because that's what everyone was after at the time, I think it would have fared much better. But it was a straight reboot that just every five minutes had to go. Hey, do you remember the original movie? Hey, do you remember that thing from the original movie? Hey, what about that time from the original Mm -hmm. movie? Hey. Um, whereas this one can just be a sequel. Granted, there will still will be those nostalgia-based points, but I'm kind of into it, and the trailer worked for me. I kind of got, you know, not teary and emotional, but I did start to get a bit, like, super excited when they, they go and they find sort of, you know, the the suits and the pack, and, you know, they uncover X-01 and stuff. I was like, all right, I'm... Yeah, I'm kind of in for this. I'm kind of in for this new adventure in the Ghostbusters universe. Did you get Finn Wolf hard over it? Uh, oh, good, good punnage, Thank mate. Thank you. Good punnage. I'm more into uh, the the girl that plays Egon's granddaughter. I think she looks really, really cool. So I'm, I'm really into her story. And Paul Rudd as well, obviously. Let's get on with the main show because we've got to... Uh, we're trying to add a few new things on today's episode. A lot a lot of people would probably advise us against trying that many new different things on one show. I'd be one of them. <laughs> but we're going to do it. Yep. Uh, apparently we are going to do it. But anyway, here is the show. We're going to be talking about Seth Rollins officially 100% is now a heel. Confirmed. Revealed. Here's the show. Luke, he was already a heel. He's been a hill since he's not at 20. How dare you, Wrestle Talk? <laughs> turned heel on last night's episode of Raw. This has been brewing, well, since the summer on Twitter. 
Yes, on Twitter, but not in, intentionally. In WWE terms, it's only been brewing the night after Survivor Series, where Seth turns up, he has a rah-rah speech in front of the locker room, sort of blames them for Team Raw losing so significantly. You say sort of, but that's exactly what he did. He, he blamed Raw for losing. Yeah, he totally blamed Raw. And then uh, he, that there, was, there was a tease that he was working with AOP because AOP kept sort of just taking out Kevin Owens. That's a yeah, it's it's crazy to think this has been a two-week storyline. Because mm. Survivor Series has only, you know, really come to an end a couple of weeks ago. And on that show was where we had the AOP thing. Then last week was where it was, hey, is Seth working with AOP? And then this week was like, yeah, he totally is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a three-episode but real, really two week storyline. It's a, hashtag a lot three of mileage push. in here. Yeah. yeah, and that's the that's what that's where I was mostly down on this. Apart from the actual nature of the reveal, I th- I was really into this storyline over the last two Mondays because I thought it had a lot of mileage. But they have, and I said this in my review earlier, they have both undermined and hot shotted at the same time. Yeah, totally. Like I was thinking about this. Like there's an a very easy way to have done this storyline, and had really didn't have to change a lot about it to have had that heel turn have more impact and that would have just been not have seth do that speech not be dressed all in black in his black leather jacket not have him essentially be a heel for the last two weeks and Mm. then be like by the way i'm a heel now and just have it is that you play up the ambiguity of is he working with aop is aop working with him and lead a lot of fans to speculate on that fact as opposed to us going like yeah no we're all pretty sure he is and then, yeah, maybe have Owens and Seth versus AOP at TLC. You could have had the heel turn there, saved it for, you know, the Rumble or something like that, but really tease this out as opposed to, as you say, hot shot it. Yeah, what one of the... I, I keep thinking about CM Punk's heel turn against Jeff Hardy, I want to say 2009. It was really, really good. And that's because he told that story... Well, in, at least in my mind, he told that story over like two months where he was like, you know, first he was blaming injuries for not yeah. facing them and stuff like that. I bet if I went back, that was probably three episodes of SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. But let's let's quickly run through what actually happened on this episode. Uh, Kevin Owens is sort of blaming Seth Rollins and AOP working together. No reference to how Kevin Owens was effectively kidnapped well, last week. No, he said that he was he was kidnapped last week, but luckily he escaped. And 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 that was it. Bad storytelling. Uh, and then Owens goes hunting for AOP, like a sort of children's book it, it yeah. is, is how this is structured. He he bumps into Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio gives him the bat. Yeah, take this. <laughs> you will need this. Yeah. And then he asks Mojo Rawley. It's dangerous out there. Where, the, uh, where AOP might be. And Mojo Rawley's like, this way? No, <laughs> it was this way. Psych. Yeah. And Kevin Owens slapped him. And then this this sort of materialised in, in Kevin Owens. Well, Seth Seth was in the ring interrupting a Street Profits respect angle. Yeah, and again, this is just like, you can't really sort of pretend that Seth wasn't a heel when he's doing things like this and then expect us to react when he does turn heel or when he, quote, turns heel. Yeah, there was no intrigue there. Like, if you had an, another chapter of where Seth is actually doing babyface things, you're like, oh, maybe it's okay then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the... Seth comes down and says, let's team together against AOP KO. And KO says no, because he's a smart baby face, which I really like. I really like that. And then Seth walks off, says, fine, I'm leaving then. 
seem I think they were meant to give the impression that he was leaving completely. Mm. Well, leaving the building. I I never got that impression. I just got that he was, I'm off. I'm not going to be in the ring with you because you're acting like a jerk. Weirdly, we'll get to this later when we do the full breakdown. Sami Zayn turns up with Mojo Rawley. Yeah. Yeah, that was like... (laughs) Smackdown Sami Zayn has a brief altercation with Kevin Owens. Yeah, it's one of those moments where like, when you look back on Rawley, you're like, oh yeah, Sami Zayn is now the manager of Mojo Rawley. Mm. Yeah. Weird 2019, folks. I can't wait to add that to our storylines that were dropped list. And then Kevin Owens, he's, he's been searching all night, finds AOP's car, their SUV thing, and he starts hammering on it with the bat that didn't beat Brock Lesnar. The lead pipe. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the back and he opens the door and initially it looks like it's empty. Yeah. I thought it was actually shot to look like it was. I thought it was empty. Yeah. And I thought that was to be the big reveal. It was like, oh, it's empty. Whereas I was like, yeah, of course it's empty. Yeah. But then AOP start beating Rollins down. Owens. Owens down. Good point. Uh, that would have been intrigue, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have thrown us off the scent. And then uh, while Kevin Owens is being beaten up, the chair... And this is a pretty specialised thing, right? Yeah, the camera pans back to the SUV. And yeah, the, the chair swivels around like the swivel chairs that we are in for this. But in a car. But in a car. And it swivels around to be just like, oh, Mr. Bond, I've been expecting you. Do you think it's the same sort of chair in Ecto-1 in the trailer? And it oh, comes out of the side, the yeah. gun turret one? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that cool, but no. who knows? Well, that's, I mean, Finnan of Seth Rollins' gimmick. This was not cool. Yeah, okay, so it turns around to be the... And it's a guy in a hoodie, and he has the hood down, and then he lifts the hoodie up to reveal it's Seth Rollins. Now, the only way this reveal works is if it's not Seth Rollins. Yeah. Because... (laughs) (laughs) Or if it's someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (coughs) Luke's a bit ill. Sorry. What we've done for the last three weeks is be like, Seth's working with AOP. Seth's working with AOP. And the big reveal is, Seth was working with AOP. Yeah, and like, Completely caught and me by be surprise. surprised. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and the, the crowd reacted in kind. Mm. Did you hear them? They went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that That's was pretty the, much what I figured, yeah, yeah. That was this, you know, this is meant to be a really big plot point. Yeah. The, the confirmation of a heel turn. And the crowd, which were an awful crowd all night. Yeah. They go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, cool. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much what I... That's what I was expecting. But if it was like, you know, if it had been John Morrison, people would be like, whoa! Well, I didn't see that coming. Someone commented on my video earlier that it should have been CM Punk. And I thought that would have made so much sense. Yeah. And would have been huge. I I I wouldn't have wanted it to happen, but wow. I saw someone last week say on our our video that they think that Samoa Joe's the mastermind, Mm. which I thought would have also been really, really cool. I I actually thought it was going to be Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't think it would have been... Because, like, he, you know, just weirdly appeared in the segment earlier with Owens. Actually, yeah, that would have been... And he has now got a managerial license for Raw, which he could have been AOP's new manager, their third mm. manager. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, is Seth Rollins their manager now? Uh, no, know. they're more of a faction. Anyway, he, that Seth does do a, a cool sort of, I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kev. And stomps him on the concrete. And then he comes out to the live crowd and cuts a promo on... Us fans. You fans. And in this case, it works. It yeah. totally works. Because that I, I thought this was the exact right character motivation for his heel turn. Becky's promo last year when she did the You Fans promo, 
fell flat on its ass because the fans had been 100% behind Becky Lynch as a babyface. But since Hell in a Cell, this crowd, this WWE crowd, has not been into Rollins. But interestingly, Rollins pointed out that he was not with AOP all this time. Yeah, he just, yeah. It was the crowd's reaction over the last couple of weeks that made him finally decide to team with AOP. So that that literally just happened in the last week yeah. in his, if, it, if we are to believe him. So, yeah, that's that's the... And, and KO stretched it off backstage. I they, thought... Uh, they were struggling to get that, uh, stre- that stretcher yeah, it was awkward, in. Wasn't yeah. it? I thought Braun Strowman was going to run. Like, I'm not finished with you! <laughs> Tip over the whole ambulance. But I thought Seth got a really good promo here. I really, I really like Seth's promo. I've seen a few people say it's, it's a Bret Hart promo. I was like, whoa, let's, let's pump the brakes there ever so slightly. This is not Bret Hart in 97. Well, what I'm worried about is that the Wrestling Observer are reporting that is the mindset in oh, WWE. Really? They see Seth as a Bret Hart character, well, which, which if, if you're not familiar with that, is the period of time when Seth, sorry, <laughs> when Bret was a babyface in Canada and mm-hmm. he saw himself as a baby face, but he was a massive heel everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, if that's how they're booking this, I think it's going to quite fundamentally unravel because that's the wrong starting point. Well, I was going to say, because the question is, where's he a face? Yeah. Like it works with Brett because Brett was so beloved in Canada mm. and around the world, just not in America. So it worked when he was getting nuclear heat in Detroit and then they would go to Toronto and he'd be treated like, you know, the second coming of Jesus. So, but with Seth, he's just not liked anywhere. So you can't really get the babyface reaction anywhere. Yeah, it's it's it won't work if they if they go in with it with that mindset. Now I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, "Wow, what a cliffhanger to end your show on." That happened in the second hour. Yeah, and this show, this was a show that felt both like so long, and yet somehow ran out of time. Yeah. Well, that will come on to the botched ending. At the, the, the word, there was quite an obvious reason for that, and I, I feel quite sympathetic to them for it. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Uh, so thank you to our $25 a month or more. Pledge Hammers on Patreon. I think he's talking to you. Damien Thompson. Lovely stuff, yeah. The monster among Patreons, Brian Stroman. Whoa. Oh, Stream Slayer. Nice. Yeah, I want that to come back now he's here. So handsome, he makes all the boys Joelis. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Shaun of the Dead Peril. Great movie, Whoa. mate. Great movie. We're all going on a Brian Huntley. Yeah. Robin Banks. Lee Roberts. Oh, you dastardly Whoa. heel. He can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. Yeah. Revel Without a Crew, Robert Rodriguez. Great book, yes. great filmmaker. Float Like a Butterfly, Samed Ali. We've met that guy, Duncan. Just, Just Duncan. Duncan. Yes. yes. And lastly, Ryan Bebag. Well, thank you very much. Please, if you want your own shout-outs on this show, go over to WrestleTalk's Patreon page, and you can see all the lovely exclusive stuff we've got there. Uh, but let's see what your super chats have to say. That's right, it's a su- su- super chat party to see your thoughts on what's going on. Um, so the Brock says, "Can't wait to see the architectural experience in action." Architectural experience. Architectural experience. Oof, no thanks. No thanks. Side note: Did y'all see Knives Out? What did you think of so? Uh, I've not seen it yet. No, I was going to go see it last weekend, but I was too hungover. I'm seeing it tomorrow, actually, mm. after work. But go and watch Laurie and Simon's review on Screen Stalker. Uh, mm. where they did a review of it. Uh, Des Angamas says, Seth and the AOP equals Shield 2.0. I didn't quite see it other than the fact they all wear, well, AOP used to wear flak jackets, but they don't anymore. I, yeah, I kind of miss that. They're there with suits. It's such like a Triple H vision for a heel main event I act. much prefer the suits, though. you got to wear suits. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the... I see the comparisons, and I almost hope WWE lean into that. Like, Seth can say, look, I created... Like, misunderstanding why the Shield was successful. Mm-hmm. In Seth's heel mind, he thinks the Shield was successful because of him. Not because of all three guys. So he's like, well, I can just make a new Shield. Yeah. Because I am Seth. I did it I with Kurt Angle, and it was yeah. fine. <laughs> I, and actually, I'm I'm really really excited to see heel Seth back. I loved 2015 heel Seth. I thought he was mm. so so good. So I'm I'm really excited to see what we can do uh, with this in in 2019 2020. Uh, I'll just read through a few more before we get on with the full review. Jobber JJ 496 Super Chat Party is back. Miss talking to you guys. Oh, we've missed talking to all of you. That's why we thought we'd bring them back. So I actually did miss Super Chat. Yeah, I thought I'd miss the money most. But, and I did, actually. But then a distant second mm-hmm. was interacting with the fans. Absolutely. Um, Matthew Scheel, what is the plan for next plan for supporting the Indies? We're going to probably do a, another WrestleTalk scholarship mm-hmm. uh, next year, hopefully. Uh, Metal Bear, I'm glad Super Chats are back. For me, the interaction with your community is what set you apart from the bunch. Also, it's good to be back to have a lovely time with the boys. Lovely time with the boys. Much love, lads. And as always, great work. And... Uh, do two more Venom Kitsetsu staying awake after work with a huge mimosa wow 
day drinking with the boys. Hashtag day drinking with the boys. Luke, get better soon, man. Oh, been well, under the weather. Thank you very much, Venom. I've, I've been a big brave boy today to, to mm. come in to do this. I'll just get to the community post tab uh, poll that we put up earlier, just to give everyone else's thoughts on the episode. So Raw got average, so the middle middle of the road Three rating. Three out of five. 55%. An average show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Uh, slightly skewered, a bit higher. 16% of the vote went for core, which is four out of five. But 14% went with poor, two out of four. Okay, so it's in that sort of like mm. two to four range. I was definitely leaning more towards poor. Overall, I gave it a, a low average just because yeah. I love Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, as I said, I thought the Seth turning heel is a good thing. It could have been a way better angle, but mm. I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Um, but I think I'm also in that sort of low average range. And it's crazy that more people weren't actually higher on this because what a corking opening segment. Okay, so I might be... I'm being sarcastic before you carry on. Well, I was going to say, I might be the only person in the room here, but I really enjoyed this segment. So it opened with Lana and Rusev officially getting a divorce, presided over by Jerry Lawler. Well, he knows divorces. He's had three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he... And, you know, I'm pretty sure at this point he is an official person to sign off divorces. I checked the the figure for my script to make sure it was three. And he hasn't been divorced since 2002. Wow. So I think he's a bit rusty. Yeah, yeah. I think it was as bad officiating of a divorce. Yeah. Uh, Lana came down with... Uh, oh, by the way, the show started off with loads of pyro. Yeah. I really like that. Lovely stuff. And in, in the tiniest LED screen in the corner, you could see TLC this Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I thought that is... That image, for me, summed up their selling of this pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. they. Uh, I don't think they particularly care about TLC coming this Sunday. But actually, you know, at least we've got some matches announced for it. Yeah. We've got half a card now. I bet they're saying, come on, Heyman, we need to announce more than one match. He's <laughs> like, no! It worked fine when I did it for December <laughs> to Dismember. So the first, uh, the first segment, which went on for a while-ish? About half an hour, yeah. <laughs> Uh, was Lana coming down, and most of it was Lana screaming, yeah. which I actually quite enjoyed. Lana came down, that came off pervy. Uh, Lana came down with a lawyer, but Rusev, he settles his issues like a man. He doesn't hide behind a solicitor. Nope, he just comes down to the ring. Crowd's super into him, Channing Rusev Day, and he is wearing a wonderful Donald Duck t-shirt. Mm. And maybe this is why I love this segment so much. I thought the Rusev style was amazing. Yeah, it was a Donald Duck t-shirt, but under a suit yeah. with white trainers. Oh, what a great, what a stylish man. Yeah. I did think, though, do you remember the the Rusev mustache? And that just quickly disappeared. Do you think it's a Vince thing? Because Bobby Roode had a one-week mustache as well, and then that stopped getting a push. And then Rusev got a, had a one-week mustache. Do you think it was just Vince like, I don't like the mustache. Yeah. You grow a full beard or nothing else. It's a real shame because I love a mustache. Me too. But apparently only men love mustaches. I, I asked my lady partner's friends who were over on Saturday. They were so shrill. Uh, the Whether they like moustaches, and they were, they were like, no. And I said, what about Tom Selleck? Yeah. And they said, he's the only one. Oh, right, he's yeah. the only one. He's who the only up. person. Mm, interesting. Uh, so Rusev did not take his divorce proceedings seriously. Oh, no, he did not. Uh, and that just infuriated Lana more. I thought she cut a really good promo. 
Mm. Made several really good promos. And even if you didn't like it and it didn't work to your tastes, you can at least acknowledge that the crowd are into it. That's exactly it. It's what we said last mm. week. To melt to the situation, the crowd are so into this story. And when you look at the little reaction that Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy and Andrade and Umberto were getting, this is working. This is getting over with the crowd on a weekly and consistent basis. Yeah. And the, so it was, it was kind of working towards Rusev's tease and I'm going to sign the contract. And it probably did go a bit long. It was a bit rambly at points where they kept on going back and forth over, well, who's going to get the dog? Yeah. Like, that would have worked if you introduced the possibility of a dog four weeks ago. And this was just a lot of Lana screaming and mm. screeching. And it was like, it's annoying to listen to, but that was the point that it was annoying to listen to because she is the heel. Uh, so Rusev says, well, let's sign, like he was completely baby facing up. Let's sign the divorce papers, said Rusev Day a bunch of times. He did, yeah. I also liked as well, because I feel like Rusev is kind of making fun of this angle every now and again, where he was just like, hey, guys, I made a video package. Let's yeah. watch the video package. <laughs> it is. I think that's where my enjoyment's coming in. And that's Rusev knows how bad this storyline is and i'm living vicariously through him of yeah we're all experiencing a, a crap angle in real time it's like one of the members of mystery science theater 3000 got into the film yeah and we're all laughing with them it's um i i've got to think that rusev's not sticking around and he's now in the batista i'm leaving so i just don't care anymore and that was when Batista was at his most interesting. Yeah, well, that's that's what I had assumed as well. But then Lana's re-signed a five-year deal. Well, you've got to think, though, if Rusev was signing that deal, he would have signed at the same time. That's a good point, actually. Um, but the report is that Rusev is meant to come out of this storyline looking like a mega babyface. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know, Dean Ambrose was pushed as a mega babyface mm -hmm. at the end of his contract run. So Rusev says, I'll only sign the papers if I get a fight with Bobby Lashley at TLC. Yep. And Lashley comes down. Lashley says, I'm going to marry Lana. I'm going to uh, propose to her, yeah. I'm going to propose to her when you leave or when, when I beat when you. The, when, when, the, the, when the divorce goes through. Yeah, when the divorce goes through, I'm going to propose to Lashley. Uh, propose to Lana. I'm sure he'd love to propose to Lashley. Mm -hmm. um, and Rusev tells go ahead. He's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then Rusev, quite ingeniously, to set up what would become a tables match, yep. put Bobby Lashley through the table that they were in, that they were signing the divorce papers on. I've written here, that was a fun segment. Mm. I appeared to be the only... Like Datsun, Randy Andy Datsun was shocked when I said that I enjoyed this segment. I think, I think me and you... Look, I, I've given up on this storyline. Mm -hmm. 100%. As has Rusev. And I think I'm on the same level as him. So... If, you, if you've already gotten over the fact that it's all going to be terrible, anything is going to be a bit of a plus. Yeah. So maybe that's why we enjoyed it. Uh, after that, we got the Charlie Caruso stuff with Kevin Owens backstage. That's where he, he got the bat. From Mysterio, yeah. It's like when I the get lead the... lead pipe. We keep calling it a bat, but Sorry, it's a lead pipe. it's a lead pipe. It's like in, uh, like in Zelda. Exactly, you yeah. you get a different weapon that's it, to yeah. level up. It's dangerous out there. And then we got Matt Hardy coming out. Yeah. I mean, I've written here, this appears to be the new trend for Raw. Mm. It's just, just a series of squash matches. Well, Dave Meltzer point, like, explained it quite well, I think. You know who Paul Heyman likes mm -hmm. because they get to win these little squash matches week to week. So it's, it's Buddy Murphy, it's Alistair Black, it's Drew McIntyre, it's Andrade. Yeah. 
but they're not leading to anything. No, that's well, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And like Drew beating um, Matt Hardy or beating Akira Tozawa or beating whoever it is next week is not leading anywhere. Mm. Like he started a feud with Randy Orton last week, but Randy's in a feud with AJ. And Randy doesn't seem to care that Drew's got a problem with him. So it's not like none of it's doing anything. Yeah. It's the Viking Raiders deal. Viking Raiders have been squashing people since they came up after WrestleMania, but they've not done anything. They've won the belts and have not done anything. Matt Hardy, meanwhile, hasn't done anything for... Well, he was he was on TV last week, but he lost really quickly. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Not sure if it was last week. It might have been the week before. Yeah. But he he hasn't done, you know, like WWE have quite clearly decided you are you no longer have value to wrestling. Yeah, that delete thing did not get over. Ergo, go back to wearing the cargo pants. And that's your fault. Yeah, it's not our fault. Exactly. And so so Matt Hardy is just now generic jobber. He has a name value. It's quite a smart use of someone like that if you're not going to 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 actually push them to any extent. I think that's probably where John Morrison will be in three years' time, unfortunately. They were in Carolina as well, was in Matt mm. Hardy country. So, yeah, and it was, you know, Drew cut a promo beforehand saying that, uh, hey, Matt had a kid last week, so congratulations to you. And the kid was cross-eyed, so at least we know you're the dad. Yeah. It's a shockingly little heat. And then he, then he said as well, like, you know, with all your past issues, should you be having uh, another kid? And, like, usually I don't mind stuff like this. But maybe it was because it didn't get any reaction, or maybe it's because WWE have actually reportedly trying to, to trying to help Jeff Hardy overcome his addiction issues. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I didn't I didn't like this. It made me feel quite cheap and, and embarrassed. And also, like Sheamus is doing the same deal on SmackDown, right? Mm. Where it's like I'm the real man, and you're yeah. the people in the soccer room aren't real men. So you can't have the same character on two shows. Oh yeah, you can. Well, yeah, quite. Especially if they're blonde. Well, that's the. Yeah, that's absolutely the right. Gold when you're right, you're right. Uh, so Drew won. Drew won. But Matt got a brief flurry mm-hmm. after after the, the sort of nasty words that Drew said. But that's, yeah. that, that's the other thing with the squash matches that they all follow the same pattern. The only one that didn't on this show was uh, the Alistair Black Akira Tozawa match. But all the other squash matches follow the same deal, which is that. The person who was taking the pinfall gets a little flurry, mm. and then the person looks strong at the end. Yeah, when you, and it's just the same match, copy and pasted across the show. Uh, McIntyre just won with a claymore, and yeah, I think I, I think it's quite clear Matt Hardy's going to leave. Yeah. in February when it's up, like it, it, yeah. money doesn't seem to be a motivating factor to him. He's even tweeted, "I want you know, I want to give back to the business." You can't do that in WWE. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got Becky and Charlotte backstage in the locker room. This was filmed earlier in the day, apparently. And Becky said, I don't want your help, Charlotte. Yeah, because Charlotte said, do you want to be Becky two belts again? As we, we you know, will beat the Kabuki Warriors and win the tag team titles. And Becky was like, no, nah, I'm cool, thanks. But I am going to take on the Kabuki Warriors two on one. Um, and it was a segment that would then be followed up on two hours later, mm-hmm. where it felt like this could have been peppered throughout the show. Because when they did eventually do this, it was suddenly like, they were like oh, damn it, we, we haven't got a show next week. Oh, well, we better do all of the <laughs> other segments we had planned for this in the last 20 minutes of this show then. Yeah, this, this, well, again, it's like that, that, but that's the problem with Survivor Series. They've had to put all these storylines on hold until the three-week build for TLC, which is, you know, a week shorter than your usual yeah. four-week rotation anyway. Uh, KO's still looking for AOP backstage with a bat. Then we got what I thought, like, I was really... I really like the idea of this, and I really, really liked the match. 
Viking Raiders come out. Uh, Viking Raiders come out. I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Here's another squash match. But they say we're opening an we're issuing an open challenge for the Raw Tag Team Titles, and the Street Profits answer immediately. I'm into this. I even thought, oh, there's a chance Street Profits could win here. Yeah. Like after a ten minute match, build to a rematch at the pay per view. And Street Profits are so charismatic. Viking Raiders are so good. Unfortunately, just haven't been given a chance to show it uh, to, to the extent that they did in NXT. And it was it was a classic Paul Heyman structured match, and it was big move, big move, big move, and, and just some really fun stuff, particularly from Montez Ford, who did a dual cartwheel spot with with Ivar. Ivar, yeah. I enjoyed that stuff. Yeah, it was really really good. It's um, it's a shame they didn't get more time. That's it. Yeah. Like, it went five minutes, whereas I was looking for this to go much longer because what it turned into was every other Viking Raider squash match we've basically seen. But when the Street Profits came out, I was like, okay, cool. Well, we'll have good, as you say, 10, 15 minutes here. Really build something out of this. Give it a lot of time. But no, it was just five minutes, Raiders won. And it was completely ineffective for what they wanted to accomplish. And that is get the Street Profits, this rookie team, over in defeat. Like, but I think having the Viking Raiders win was always the right result, whether it be through a 15-minute match or through a heel piece of interference to set up another feud, heaven forbid, yeah. for the tag division. But they, like you said, it went five minutes. Viking Raiders ultimately beat them pretty easily. And then at the end, they do this sort of like show of respect thing. They're going to do the Viking arm touch. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you haven't earned that. No. So, and you've just actually made the Street Profits look not as good as when this match started. And that's the worst thing. It felt like hashtag three-week push did, for yeah. Street Profits. Uh, then then Seth, like, that really, I think, what that segment was for was to get Seth Heat for interrupting them. Yeah. Seth came out next and then we had the KO stuff. Um, also in this, we got the announcement that Batista is being inducted into the 2020 Hall of Fame. Mm. Well, well done. A lot of people say Dana Brooke should induct him. Yeah, apparently it's going to be Fit Finley who's going to be doing the introduction. Um, but, you know, hey, it's the Hall of Fame. So someone said to me, because I said, oh, it'd be good. Yeah, Triple H makes sense as an inductor. And someone said, uh, it should be Fit Finley because they came up together. I was like, oh. okay, you've read Batista's tweet yeah. saying Fit Finley, and then you've completely invented your own story. Yeah, because <laughs> Fit Finley did not come up in the business with Batista mm. there's about 20 years between yeah. those two occurrences <laughs> yeah, pretty much uh, anyway Sami Zayn uh, after the sort of Seth Rollins stuff Sami Zayn comes out brand split lol with Mojo Rawley to confront Kevin Owens for slapping Mojo Rawley earlier and Sami says in, and at least they at least they addressed it they, he goes I've, I've asked and now I have a managerial license which sounds like you can sell alcohol or something, <laughs> yeah. to appear on both brands as a manager. And so it looks like he is now the manager of <clears throat> Mojo Rawley. I don't even know if he is, though. Well, why else were they out there? To do a thing. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to bet any Wrestle League points, <laughs> but if, <laughs> if that was allowed, I would say this isn't going to lead to anything. And it was just... A thing. It was just a spot. Just a spot. Just a thing to happen. Just a thing to fill time. Mm. Do you think like Drew last week. Drew had a five-minute <laughs> promo against Randy Orton. It was just a thing. Or do you think it's going to lead to a storyline where Sammy is going to try and find a new person to feud with Kevin Owens 
on a weekly basis like well it wasn't mojo it'll be <laughs> no way jose next week it'll be but owens is feuding with seth well you know aj's feuding with randy but so's drew apparently uh, okay anyway it's just i i don't mind having sammy on both shows i just think it's it's really they, they literally said two weeks ago we're going to get more distinct brands now yeah and to, to just not be able to do that for more... It's less than a three-week push. Yeah, they, this company, this company... This company. ...cannot have sp- uh, split brands. They just physically cannot do it anymore. Mm. Uh, after this, though, we got a really good match well, just for to, what it was just, worth. Just to finish up that, mm. that segment... Um, Mojo, like they sort of argued back and forth, and Mojo was just like, oh, "I'm not scared of Kevin Owens and his pipe." Sammy was trying to calm him down, being like, "Well, Mojo, like I know that look in Kevin Owens' eyes. We really do need not want to be poking the bear at this point." And Owens tossed uh, Mojo the bat, confused him, and gave him the stunner and uh, beat him up with the lead pipe afterwards. Gave him some pretty nasty welts. Yeah, I thought Owens looked really good in this. That looked great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got Alistair Black versus Akira Tozawa. Um. Black versus Buddy Murphy was announced for TLC before this. I I thought this was that this combined with the Buddy Murphy match later against Zack Ryder. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah, you know, it's really, just, really good. It's it's nuts and bolts booking. You book two guys really strongly, have them win loads of matches, and then they fight. Yeah, it was really <laughs> really solid stuff. It's a shame that the crowd weren't into it. Oh, they weren't into it at all. Embarrassingly quiet. But these two did some really really good wrestling. It really showed off how good Alistair Black is. And that and moment, Tazawa. and Tazawa. And when that moment when Tazawa did the dive, and Black caught him with the jumping knee, and then hit the black mass inside the ring, it made Black look awesome. Yeah. I mean, his legs are so skinny. And this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. Do some squats. Do some squats, mate. Yeah. Skipping leg day. of lateral lunges. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I thought this was, for what it's worth, it, you know, for a, a three, four-minute, essentially, squash match, enhancement match, amazing. I yeah. don't think you can make it any better. Both guys actually looked better coming out of it. Akira Tozawa took that black mass like a champ. Oh, yeah, to the face. You can see the ripples in his face on his yeah. cheek. Um the, the only criticism I would say is that Tazawa needs to start winning something. Otherwise, these wins mean nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's been like four weeks of him losing these matches now. Uh, Caruso alert. She introduced Umberto Carrillo as one of the most impressive debuts in WWE this year. Yeah, so 2019 has been a breakout year for Umberto Carrillo. I mean, it compared to 2018, it's more. But he has lost... A horrendous amount in singles ah, matches. But if you include all the 205 Live stuff, I'm sure he's got a very good win-loss record. Anyway, this the, 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 the interview couldn't continue because of Mexican stuff. Yeah. Andalade walked in with Selena Vega, and they are just yelling at each other. In Spanish, yeah. Which I thought was really good and really effective. And then because they argued in Spanish, and then they just walked away. And Selena Vega just goes, tonight? Yeah. As if they've just made a match together tonight. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need a story. Yeah, I I mean, I'll be honest. It makes no sense to say that Carrillo is the breakout star of 2019, but I enjoyed what followed up afterwards. Maybe Liv Morgan might be the breakout star of 2020, though. Emelina, Mm. this is Vince's dream gimmick, and it's the third time trying. Maybe this time will be the one where it works. So it was a graphic that just said Liv Morgan, makeover, coming soon. Now, I... So we've had versions of this character. We've had it with Emma into Emmalina. We've had it with Eva Marie and we've had it with Lana. Vince McMahon is obsessed with making an overly sexualized 
attitude era blonde woman character. I I I am optimistic that that isn't what Liv Morgan's going to get. Mm-hmm. I I I'm hoping she comes out as just a new character and not that one that we've seen fail yeah. many times recently. I am just really glad that she's not Sister Abigail. I know a lot of people were fancy booking, but personally, I'm really glad she's not. Uh, after that, we got Carrillo versus Andrade, which was actually an, a very, very good TV match. This was excellent. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Again, <laughs> like the, the Black Tazara match, shame the crowd were not into mm. it. They picked up by the end, but man, it was such good action back and forth. It was really, really great. It was, uh, it was off of the near fall from Andrade stomp in the corner. And then, but then Carrillo dodges the knees, and there was this weird springboard moonsault. Yeah, that didn't really of, connect, yep. but it still looked cool. Uh, but it was like Andrade missed the moonsault, so you always does that spot. Yeah, um, and usually does another flip over to hit another moonsault, but he goes straight into Carrillo with a drop kick. Loved that. Uh, there were loads of really nice tweaks on usual spots for the wrestlers in this match. Well, particularly like you say that moonsault spot where he just landed, then ran, and hit those mm. double knees in the corner. It was just. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And it was back and forth action. Um, both guys looked really, really great, you know, at the end of it. And then the finish saw um, Andrade tried to whip Carrillo into Zelina Vega on the outside, but uh, Carrillo stopped himself. But then as Andrade charged, Carrillo dodged, and he knocked Zelina Vega off the apron. She took a heck of a bump yeah. for it. And, um, yeah, uh, Carrillo hit the Okana roll for the win. They really, the commentators put this over as, like, a major upset. I wish this happened... Four weeks ago, before Korea was beaten like a drum for a month, but th- this is good. I, I'm this made me think there is still hope for Korea and a push. Uh, and Dolade and Zelina Vega argued a lot after the match. I don't think it's a it's a split up angle. I hope not. I just think they were that Andrade was annoyed yeah. that she kind of played into it. That's what I'm hoping because the. They cannot break up. I do not want to see that that act break up. Also, if you're Korea, why are you not upset that you know you didn't get United States Championship shot that you were supposed to have had a couple of weeks ago? I don't know. Uh, Rey Mysterio, because it's on a baby face now, and that dynamic doesn't work. Rey Mysterio, speaking of, says he'll beat AJ Styles later because he's proven he's worthy. Uh, KO's still looking for AOP. Then we got the Buddy Murphy-Zack Ryder match, mm-hmm. which was... You know, not as good technically as the Tazawa Black match, but it was it did what it needed to do. It was Murphy dominating Zack Ryder. Yeah, totally. Hit the Murphy's Law for the win. We got no reaction like the other matches, but hey man, looks solid looks solid. Then we got the KO AOP Seth Rollins reveal backstage. Yes, that did come at this point in the show. Yeah. Just ridiculous. It's a main of it's a main event worthy angle. This should have that should have been the end of the show. Uh, but then we got the, the the sort of rerun of Becky of Charlotte's match, the two on one handicap match from the previous week. So it's Becky Lynch going up against Asuka and Kyrie Sane, and it was the same as what they did last week, which mm. is that Kabuki Warriors look a bit rubbish because they cannot beat one person two on one. Struggle to do so. I, I I thought this was better booked than it was last week because at least they were dominating for a large portion of the match, mm. whereas last week it was. Charlotte was on top for the entire match. Um, but at the end of it, the Kabuki Warriors still had to cheat. And they uh, they hit Becky Lynch with a chair to get a DQ. So that was a bit lame. I actually enjoyed last week's match a lot more. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I thought... That, I just, maybe it's just because Law of Diminishing Returns. Maybe, I'd seen yeah. this match. Uh, 
I knew how it was going to go. I think a better thing to have done to get around all the awkwardness would just be to have Asuka and Kyrie saying, do the DQ immediately. Yeah. Charlotte runs down. And that's how you set up the tag match. I was waiting for Charlotte to run down at some <laughs> point, either during the match or particularly during the post-match mm. beatdown because they hit Becky Lynch with a chair. Then they get a table and Kyrie Sane hits this wonderful, insane really elbow cool, yeah. from the top rope to the floor. And I was, I was watching this, I'm like, where's Flair? Granted, yeah. Lynch just stood right back up and she was fine. But um, yeah, no, no selling it, like, you know, learning from Seth. Um <laughs> So that was a bit of a disappointment. But I, I was like, where is where is Charlotte? Well, should we do the rest of the segments now? Well, they rapidly happened. Yeah, because they were like, like, here's a match. Here's another Becky Charlotte thing. Here's an interview. Here's another Becky Charlotte thing. So after that, Becky's being seen to in the trainer's room. Charlotte comes in and goes, good match. So it's sort of this frenemy relationship. Um, and then the Kabuki Warriors jump Charlotte outside with a chair. Yeah. And then after another match, they... Caruso interviewed the Kabuki Warriors where they challenged Lynch and Flair to challenge them for the titles. Then we've got an ad break. Also, can I just add in uh, Charlie's line about, I need to learn another language. Yeah. Because you've got Japanese speaking heels, AOP and their languages. And was there another one on well, the show? Well, it was the um, Carrillo and Umberto yes. chatting yeah, each other yeah, yeah. in Spanish. So I, I got a kick out of that. That yeah. was funny. I thought it was good. And then we had an ad break. And then we came back to Flair and Lynch both being looked at by doctors where they... Like, they're not looking at each other. And Charlotte's like, I'm going to accept that match. And Lynch goes, tables, ladders, chairs. I didn't mind it, actually. I thought it, I thought it gave off the vibe of two action movie heroes who, yeah. who don't want to work together. Yeah. But they're sitting down <laughs> and they're like, let's do this one last time. I hate you. I hate you too. Let's do this. It just like this has been a rushed story, the, and that's the that's the problem yeah. with it. Really, is they did three weeks worth of angles in this, you know, twenty minute period. Mm. Um, and in the middle of all this, we got a really good OC promo. Uh, AJ Styles talking about Rey Mysterio. And did I um did I miss here? But did AJ say that the OC are going to be challenging Viking Raiders for the tag titles at TLC? Uh, that is one of the rumouredly planned matches. Yeah. I didn't pick up on it. I don't know. It's not on WWE.com, but I thought that's what AJ said in this promo. And But they make a nice Bullet Club reference at the end where he says, yeah. if Randy Orton tries to interfere, I'll end his career for life. And then it went right into the NWO Hall of Fame announcement, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Smart. And it's a, a funny New World Order class that, they're, that, about this, that they're putting in. It's uh, So it's the original trilogy of Hogan, Nash, and Hall, and then the sixth member of the group, Sean Waltman. Yeah. Just really, really weird to well, do one, two, three, and six. So, of course, you've got the, the, the missing numbers there are the Giant, which mm. is a big show, and the Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase. Yeah, it's so weird. Because when, when you think of the NWO, I think of Hogan, Nash, Hall. Brilliant. I think it should just be them, to be honest. I completely agree. But it's, they like Waltman. Yeah. So they're putting him in this. If you had to add another member in, the Giants. Yeah. That's where my mind would go next. But yeah, I think that obviously... Or Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Sean is a... You know, went in last year with DX. I think they want to do the... First ever back-to-back Hall of Famer hmm. and do it that way. He's obviously in with the company because he does the watch-along stuff on pre-shows. 
So yeah, well, crapping on the Hell in a Cell finish. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, it's the WWE Hall of Fame, and it really doesn't matter. I really liked the video package, and they had loads of shots of the NWO, and that they could not <laughs> find a shot of just Hogan Hall and Nash and Waltman. Yeah, <laughs> it was like they were just cutting everything. Uh, so then in between, we got another Eric Rowan versus Jobber match. Yep. I th- I get, at least there was a new element to this, which is where the Jobber Tactics thought, I'm going to steal Rowan's pet carrier, run it to the top of the ramp, run back down and try for the count out win. Yeah, and it nearly worked. Uh, <coughs> but then Rowan freaked out. He kept shouting, like, what were you thinking? Gave him three iron claw slams and the referee called off the match. Not into this gimmick still. I, I think it's gonna it's undone all the genuinely good work SmackDown did over the summer on on Rowan's push, but at least this was a good ver- like the best version of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and then we got oh yeah before that we got a SNL parody. Yeah, Monday after the weekend news Update, updates. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was the Street Profits doing an SNL thing where they were kind of like, they were basically there to promote TLC and tell you, here are the matches that are happening. Um, and they had some jokes in there. Not very funny jokes, but they had jokes. Um, but yeah, that was about it. They just recap the matches that are happening. The joke quality was pretty much of the level. Asuka hit the green mist. Has she eaten baby Yoda or something? Yeah. So, ooh, relevant pop culture thing. Kind of like SNL. But the... The, uh, it didn't work for me just because they had canned laughter. I was about to say the canned laughter. I mean, they had to have canned laughter in it because the audience were not going to be laughing along with it. But the canned laughter really, really didn't help. I disagree. I think the Street Profits, you can give them bad material. They're so charismatic. I, I, I get a kick out of it anyway. Their backstage stuff, it's not very similar. It's not dissimilar hmm. from what they were doing before. And I found that really... That was great, uh, yeah. Yeah, like sort of, what's the word? Affable. But this just was quite obnoxious. It felt like it was a Firefly Funhouse episode at some times with the... <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it worked. It was overproduced. Um, but they announced in this, and I think it was announced on SmackDown as well, the Roman versus King Corbin is going to be a table, ladders and chairs match. That's been in, for a while, I think. Well, the match was only announced on SmackDown. Oh, I thought Teal's... Oh. No, as, as of last... As of the before SmackDown, there were no matches wow. announced for TLC. It was part of my news on Friday, and that was why our weekend video was called that. Mm. Um, but it was—I I don't know why it's TLC. What are you hanging above the ring? Well, dog food is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Or, or Roman himself—they had yeah. him handcuffed up there because the original gimmick stipulation that they WWE had told the arena was that it was going to be a dog collar match, which makes way more sense than a TLC match. Sense left the station a long time ago here. But the main event was a terrific bout until the end, unfortunately. Uh, but it was a very complicated spot. Yeah. I can't blame them too much. And that was AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio for the United States title. They got about 10 minutes. Uh, the crowd were pretty dead, but they were so good. Yeah. They got the crowd into it. Dropkick midair from AJ onto Rey. A Ray sunset flip powerbomb oh. through the ropes outside on AJ onto the barricade. Loved it. it so so good. innovative. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And I loved um, Gallows jumping onto AJ to block the 619. That was really nice stuff in there. It was there. great stuff. Unfortunately, their ambition got the better of them. And I, I bet nine times out of ten they can do this. Yeah. The finish was AJ's on the second rope. 
because uh, he was sitting on the top. And Ray gets up there. Ray's going to hit a Hurricane Rana on him, but AJ would catch him and then hit a second rope Styles Clash. Yeah. Brilliant. Great idea. But Ray's momentum kind of stumbled them both forward. They awkwardly fell off the turnbuckle. Yeah. Ray's pants split. Oh, did, I didn't see that. Yeah. And that. But quick as a whip, AJ was like, powerbomb, Styles clash. clash. And then, but then Ray, uh, Randy Orton's spot was now already mistimed. So Randy Orton, famed for his out of nowhere things, which probably requires a lot of timing preparation. Mm-hmm. It now now no longer had that. So Randy Orton awkwardly slides into the ring. AJ doesn't know where to look because everything's off. He looks at Randy. Randy just winks, slides back out. Rey Mysterio rolls him up for the win. Yeah. And that like some some broadcasts didn't even have that. Oh, really? Yeah, it cut out just before the pin. Wow. Yeah, that, it, it was like to the wire. Yeah, the logo, the copyright logo was appearing just before Mysterio rolled him up. Yeah. And the, the broadcast I saw cut off with Vic Joseph going, and he's retained the intercom. Yeah. United States. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Mid-cards. <laughs> I've got mid-card of blindness. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that that happened, uh, but it was a complicated spot. It's, it's weird, though. Like, what were they trying to do? I, th- I think... I, th- I think that's what, they were, what you just said then. I think they were going to do the second rope styles clash. Randy would get in to distract AJ, and then Ray would roll him up off the back of it. Ray would really roll up AJ after an Avalanche Styles clash. You just said yourself, since left this station a long time ago. That's the thing that, and that's why, and I read someone say this on Reddit, and I thought that's a really interesting observation, that AJ could have just hit a Styles clash. But he knew the spot was meant to be an Avalanche Styles clash. So a normal Styles clash wouldn't suffice. Power bomb right into Styles. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe it's just an easier transition. I thought it was just an easier transition. Uh, but overall, a very lackluster show. That's the that was the main event angle. What does that build for TLC? Yeah, nothing because Ray hasn't got a match at TLC uh, as of now. AJ and Orton don't have a match together. Well, they'll announce it on Twitter. They, they were look the show that should have been in the middle of the show. They should have announced. AJ versus Randy, and then the end of the show should have been Seth revealing himself. Yeah. And I'll see you at TLC for, I don't know, you have to find a mystery tag partner to face AOP. Yeah. It's not hard. <laughs> right. So now... Let's see what Super Chats we have left. Baggy says, did Rollins steal Balor's gimmick? Because Finn Balor said if he was to create a bullet club out of anyone else, Mm. it would be AOP. Really? Mm. I thought he just meant that they're both wearing leather jackets now. Well, that that as well. And that's kind of what has irked me a bit about this pairing. I don't see AOP and Seth as a natural fit. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong, though. Maybe. Mm. Uh, Marcus Roman says, I enjoyed Umberto versus Andrade match the most. I still have so much hope if WWE gives the Latinos a push and prove Vince wrong. Well, Paul Heyman's got the book and that's sort of his, his the, the, one of his great strengths is, is showcasing lucha matches of mm-hmm. Mexican talent. Nate Drops Her Name says, are we supposed to buy that Kabuki Warriors can win after they barely beat each of them two on one unless Charlotte and Becky collapse and feud again? Ugh. I know, I know. It's... 
And I think that is one of the big annoyances of this. And that is, it's not, at the end of the day, it's not making me want to see a match. No. Like, that, there is a way to book this feud where I'm really, really into this kind of dream match of Charlotte and Becky versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane. Three of those women main evented last year's TLC. Yeah, that's true. And now yeah. you add in Kyrie Sane. That's a great story. Could have done a lot around that. A mm. lot around that, but um, they choose not to. Uh, Timon Sumaki says, I hope they don't botch Liv. I like her. She's a really cool person from what I've seen on her appearances on Up, Up, Down, Down. Yeah, she's got a huge groundswell of, of fan support. Fans really yeah. like Liv, yeah. I've never really seen... what well, I mean, if you ask me, I'm more of a Sarah Logan guy. I think Sarah Logan's great, yeah. Because just of, of that sort of women's battle royal at WrestleMania and just all the stuff she hasn't done since. Yeah. Liv Morgan must... like. I think the fandom does come from her appearances on other shows. Yeah, totally. She's gotten herself over outside of WWE, which traditionally doesn't go too well. <laughs> When you get a, ended up getting the push. So general WWE related from Sparks. I can see WrestleMania being Rusev Day. Well, I mean, if he's going to stick around. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you think you could push Rusev, Brock Lesnar? I, I mean, maybe that's what will get him to re-sign. But funny enough, Bobby Lashley was always promised that Lesnar that's match. That's right, he was, yeah. Don't see that happening. And they said that uh, Roman's the favourite to win the Rumble, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Rusev's got to find another way to get into that Lesnar match. Tim Arndt, the crowd will ruin next year's Rumble if CM Punk isn't in it. Change my mind. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be another Daniel Bryan situation where Rey Mysterio comes out at number 30 and you're like, you're not Daniel Bryan, yeah. boo. I think you just, the way to get around it is just to announce the number 30 entrant in advance. Yeah. And and have them win a match on Raw to, to decide who that's going to be. Was, was it Baron this year? Um, yes, I'm going to say. I yes. think he won a match, which to, to do that, and that was known going in, and that's a smart move. So you don't you, you don't have the expectation built up. Yeah, unless it is CM Punk. Well, yeah. Um, Sparks. When was the last time Hardy had a pinfall win? Probably when he was tag champs with Wyatt. Yeah, like when he was because they yeah. they got injured and then was out for a long time. So it must be from the June last year. The of worlds. Yeah. Um, NXT related, nothing there. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, well, Nate drops her name. It says swivel chairs are as cool as e-scooters. Hey, I like my swivel chair. All Elite DK said, "I miss these super chats." Akim of AOP speaks in Punjabi. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, and but it's not, both of them don't speak in Punjabi. There's another. No, it's the other one. Well. I can't remember what the other one is though. Um, and Eric says, "Please stop pronouncing Andrade like that, Ollie. You're going to give me a stroke." I don't know where it comes from. Andrade. Mm. I don't know why my tongue does that. Like I'm doing an impression of a, a Spanish accent. Yeah. Andrade. I'll try for you, Eric. I'll try and stop that from happening. That was obviously a uh, reference to uh, some chap on YouTube who is. I don't think you can, there's been an hour of of time. And people since will we have remembered that. it. People will have just remembered <laughs> it. Let's be honest. There are people who don't actually want to hear us review Raw and SmackDown. They just want to skip through to these bits. Us shooting on different wrestling YouTube personalities. I mean, this is really like this is the best bit of content that we make. You want you want me to shoot? You want me to shoot on other wrestling YouTuber personalities? I'm not asking you to shoot on them. I I think Tom Campbell's a really nice guy. Oh, he's such a lovely guy. I think Adam Pacitti is underrated as a handsome face. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's something about his face that I like. Not weird, Tom Campbell, it? in particular, is a very, very nice chap. I was DMing him the other day, and um, he was just wishing me uh, to, you know, to get better and stuff. He's just a very, very nice guy. Mm. 
Uh, we've got this email here from Matt, who says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Chopper, Pete, and Dave, just Dave. Yesterday, I had commented on Lana's tweet about being horrified that Rusev broke the law at Starcade, so I replied with a gif of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, Shut up, from the film Kindergarten Cop. She shortly afterwards followed me. Wow. Just went to see how long it takes me now uh, for her to block me. As much as the story <laughs> annoys me, it's quite exciting when a wrestler or celebrity follows you back. Have you ever had a similar situation? Thank you for the mm. consistent consistency. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had. I, I mean, I'm probably, I, I mean, I don't really check my notifications on Twitter. We all know that. But uh, yeah, and unless I'm missing something, I've never been followed by a, a, a high profile wrestling Twitter account. No. So I don't know what that feels like. Although I was featured incredibly heavily on CM Punk's return video package on WWE Backstage. So that felt pretty swell. But did you get any followers off the back of it? I know. Did we get any subscribers off the back no, of it? No, no, no. no. Uh, this came in from James as well, who you may remember as Captain Canada. Um, so if anything Canadian has to be referenced, James is here, uh, who says, Hey, Luke, pubs, are, like Ollie described, are very popular in Canada. My uh, family often goes to a pub here called the Canadian Brewery, uh, Brew House. Uh, they allow families until 8 p.m. Canada is far more like England than the U.S. Take care, James. Oh, well, that's good. Um, <laughs> don't really know what to add. But that is, I, yeah, pubs is a sort of place where families go to hang out. That's interesting because I don't know where that tradition comes from because it's not even really an English tradition. That only sort of became a thing in the 80s as far as my father's told me because Margaret Thatcher would ban, she banned like, I don't know. Now I'm saying this out loud. Yeah. I really should have fact-checked what my dad told me. <laughs> Ever get that? Like, yeah, all right, oh, Laura Kunzberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying stuff that my dad's told me, and I don't think that's right at all. No. Oh, this is a bit of an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, because like, well, we have popular soaps, Coronation Street, that have been around since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Late 50s? Late 50s, I'd have said, Coronation Street. Longest-running episodic TV show. <laughs> that doesn't involve wrestling. Yeah. Uh but yeah, they they all hung out in pubs mm-hmm. as like a social thing with families. So yeah, right. Well, we've got a Rusev hey uh, that Jaron um, hey. Jaron Walker has sent in uh, around someone who's been in the news um, quite a lot recently. Ooh. Uh, he says, hey, guys, welcome back, Luke. This obviously sent just after I returned from Japan. Uh, he said, this is an ironic one. Small backstory. I live in New York, and I have a friend named Isaac who has been hired multiple times uh, by wrestling promotions in NYC for his designing slash editing skills. He makes the graphics for match cards, promo packages, etc. He's brought me to a few wrestling shows for free, including House of Glory, where I got to see Ooh. SoCal Val this past weekend. Hey. Anyway, in the summer of 2017, he brought me to an Evolve show where the main event was Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle. <sighs> good match mate yeah that's that i mean that was one of those classic matches that would tour yeah it was it was keith lee matt riddle matt riddle will osprey yep lee dijak lee dijak of course yeah um a lot lot of stuff with um i've forgotten his name uh you know samoan guy lots of germans lots of german suplexes jeff cobb oh right yeah yeah sort of part of that that quadruple indeed yeah people um, anyway, Jaren continues, there was a developmental brand that had a show before the main event started. A bunch of wrestlers came into the lounge area that Isaac and I were uh, mm. were in to watch the rookies perform, including ACH, ah. who sat right next to me. Now, while this may be exciting, I had no idea who he was, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm not too familiar with the independent scene and only knew, uh, know slash knew the most popular guys. Isaac whispered to me that was ACH and that was a pretty big deal. 
Later in the show, Isaac asked me if I wanted to do commentary with him for one of the matches. It felt weird because I wasn't official commentary, but commentary that he intended to submit to the owner of the promotion to try and get himself over. He pulled out two microphones and a laptop, and I got really uncomfortable because all these wrestlers who were just there once oh, to watch the show no. were around us, but Isaac insisted that we yell into a microphone and disrupt oh, their viewing. Isaac. Yeah, this sounds like a terrible idea. Read the room. Yeah. Uh, I was too scared to say anything while the match uh, we were commenting on was happening because every time Isaac would talk, we would get dirty look, dirty looks from the wrestlers in the lounge. <laughs> the match we commented on involved a African-American wrestler whose gimmick was that he was all-American. He ended up winning the match and Isaac said, I think we can all agree that man is a great symbol of America. And I responded with one of the only things I said during the entire match, which was, unless your name is Hulk Hogan. Well, yep, that works. Uh, there's there's some charged tones there. There's there's context, unfortunately. When I say everyone in the lounge turned around to look at me, I mean everyone. Oh. Everyone, including ACH, who looked right at me and started laughing his ass off. He gave me one of those hand-on-the-shoulder laughs. I swear in my life, had tears rolling down his eyes from laughter. Felt proud that I made a wrestler smile. And conveniently, two years later, I went to Canada to see him win the NXT breakout tournament. Mm. I always wondered why that joke was so funny to specifically him. And I think it's safe to say we now know why. Cheers, guys. Luke's head is the best. Jaron Walker. Um, do you want to read that last bit again? Hey, that's what he says. <laughs> it's his words, man, not mine. Luke's head is the best. Yeah. Well, that's what's written on the toilet walls here. I, yeah. I've never understood it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. <laughs> I'm not one to brag. I'm just reading what the email says. <laughs> that moment, Simon and Pete just walked in the room. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Uh, do we want to get out of this so we can set some stuff up, or do you want any more emails? We can do it. Let's just do one quick email. Okay, well, let's have some last bits I'm of I'm sure fun. all this complicated equipment we need to set up can be done in five minutes. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, last point of call is just on some more Super Chat feedback. Oh, Matthew, yes. Matthew Perry said, uh, just a quick email to say that I was never a fan of the Super Chats. feel like removing them was a good choice, as it streamlines the podcast, really made it easy to get through all the weekly content. Well, hopefully that is going to be fixed with the new format that we're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half and half. And Christiana uh, emailed in to say, Hi, I'm a $5 pledge hammer. My name is Christiana. I'm Chris Petrow's wife. Oh, wow. I'm just dropping you a note to say that I really appreciate the lack of Super Chats. Felt they weighed down at the WrestleTalk Live episodes. Could have done with these messages last week. Well, we did get these emails last <laughs> week, but you just chose to ignore them. Uh, but that is all we've got time for on this edition of Wrestle Talk Live. We'll be back on Thursday with the AEW review and the NXT review. And Ollie and I will do the magazine show on the Friday, I think. Yeah, I think so. We're also going to have TLC predictions because, in case you've forgotten, it is TLC this Sunday. Oh, my God. I, d I keep forgetting that. Yeah, yeah, you and I are working this Sunday. Mm. Um, yep, and then we'll be doing TLC stuff all next week. Uh, but until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.